Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome to the kitchen table today. I am so excited that you're here. I have a new friend that is sitting down with me and her name is Anastasia Corbin. And we are going to be talking about a book that she has written called Becoming an Intentional Family, Creating Meaningful Memories and Building Confidence in Your Kids. I'm excited to hear her heart about that. um, And really to have good conversations about how we practically do that with our family. Anastasia, I'm so glad you're here. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay. Thanks so much for having me. So my husband, Jonathan, and I, we've been married just over 22 years. We have four children. Michaela, our oldest, is 16. Nathan is 14. Then comes Anna Leah. She's 12. And Caleb is 10. Um, They keep us hopping, but we absolutely love it. They're involved in different things with school and sports, and it's fun to go support them at those things. Yeah. Oh, it is busy, isn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, we yes. have, we have stepping stone kids too. And, um, and just yesterday I was trying to move. Do you find yourself doing this? I was trying to move all the widgets on my mental board about how to get everybody where they needed to go in the right time. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now is your our, oldest driving? I is was that- just going to say our oldest <laughs> is driving now. So it helps. So she's able to pick up her yeah. brother from basketball. If I'm somewhere else. Yeah. That's, that's been a game changer for real. For real. I mean, when my first one learned, um, to drive, I was super nervous and just all the feelings though, all the mama feelings of, Oh my gosh, now they're in the world really apart from me. It was way different than the feeling I had when they first went to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. But, um, but then just to be able to call him and say, Hey, you, you have to go do this or, I need cheese from the store. That was the other thing. Yeah. The other day we ran out of almond milk and Mikhail's like, well, I'll pick it up after I'm done with practice. I'm like, perfect. Thank you. I know. Like we, we literally, I don't know what you do, but we literally give our driving kids a debit card that is, that is like for my grocery needs or run, go get this for your brother needs so that. that they have that ease. And that was like a a game changing idea for us. I love that idea. We're going to have to do that. Cause you know, if if I have cash on hand, that's what I give her, but I love the idea of the debit card. Yes, it was, it was great. And then, I mean, we just, it's not theirs. So they know that, but (laughs) it does give that freedom for all the things where Mm -hmm. you're not, I'm not constantly scrounging for five and $10 bills. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk. So now that we've solved everybody's driving, (laughs) let's talk about your book. I have um, really enjoyed looking and um, seeing what your heart is in this book. Um, For everyone listening, she has written a book that centers on understanding how to be an intentional family. 
-hmm. and you really break it down into five areas, don't you? Yes. Yeah. What were those areas again? So the five areas are the family unit and then your marriage and then parenting, because that's separate from family. And then also the environment of your home. And then the last thing is outreach, because the purpose of being an intentional family is not just for us. It is so that we can go out into the world and share about Jesus and be intentional about that. Yes. And so how did you come to write this book? A lot of it is just from my experience growing up and what I grew up in. I also used to teach. I taught for six years before I stayed home full time with our kids. And I met, I had a lot of students. I taught sixth grade and I had about 130 students each year. So I cycled through a lot of kids those three years Mm -hmm. and so many of them were part of a family, but they didn't feel like they belonged. Mm -hmm. And I actually had a Friday group. We would have lunch together. There was about six or seven kids and they would just have a space to just share and connect. And I could pour into them. I mean, obviously I couldn't talk about God um, with my words because it was a public Mm -hmm. school setting, but they knew that they had a place to belong in our Friday lunch group. And so seeing that and then knowing I wanted it different for my kids, Mm -hmm. I just was like, you know, just really watching other families in our church before we even had a family. I just wanted things to be different. And I have a passion just for all kids to feel like they belong because I didn't feel that as a kid. And I want kids to feel that way. And that's God's heart because we are his children. We do Mm -hmm. belong with him, but a lot of kids don't know that. And so... I believe it begins in the family and needs to start there and then go out from there. Oh, I love that. I do think it's a chief lie that the enemy feeds us. Very much. We do not belong. We see it in scripture. We see Mm -hmm. it all consistently. You are different. You're the one who's not like everyone else. So I do think that that intentionally choosing to send that message to our kids is Mm -hmm. so critical especially these days, especially I agree. So how do you, um, what have you seen raising your own four? What Mm. have you seen as obstacles or ways that this has been easy? Let's talk, say it this way. What has been ways to make it that it's been easy for you to intentionally parent? And what have Mm. been ways that you found that are hard to intentionally parent or obstacles you found to it? Yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely been obstacles. The easy, it's funny because, you know, one of the obstacles I would say with them is the kids can resist some of the ideas. So when it's easy, I feel like they're excited about doing something. Mm -hmm. It's fun when you can find something that they're excited about, but often they're not always excited about your ideas. So you just have to go with it anyway. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, just knowing you know, that passion of mine, just knowing I want my kids to know they're loved and accepted no matter what, that helps it to be easy to make it a priority. Now, the obstacles are when the schedules get busy, like I feel like now in this season, it's a lot harder to be intentional because the kids are in all different places. They're at sports practices. We're not at home together for dinner as much as we used to be. Yeah. So I feel like it's even more important to be intentional now. When they were younger, it was easy to do one-on-one time with them because I was home all day with them. But when they're out of the house, it's a lot different. Um, and so speaking of like the resistance from the kids, I remember our oldest would have been about eight. So then it would have been like six, four, and two. I said to them, okay, guys, let's get our let's get our bikes out. But I call them rockets. And I said, let's get our helmets on you know, it was just their, you know, bike helmets. And Mm -hmm. I said, we're going to go, we're going to go to the moon. And they're like, 
they all were all like, whatever, mom. Okay. The youngest, <laughs> of course, was in his stroller. I pushed him in his stroller, but the other kids, especially the older two were like, mom, no, but you know what? I pushed through that resistance and we went anyway. And the moon, it's funny. Cause we had this, um, in our old neighborhood, there was this big circle in the midst and they were building some houses around the circle. Mm-hmm. And so I called the center of it, the moon. And we went around the moon on our bikes and the kids, you know, at first they were like, no way. But then after that, they just thought it was the coolest thing. Like even to this day, my kids will ask to go to the moon because they loved it so much. And again, they resisted, but I pushed through and they really enjoyed it. So that's definitely an obstacle is the resistance. Um, The other thing, another obstacle would be just being consistent when things get busy, when your schedule's crazy, it's, it's hard to be consistent, um, but it's also really important. And them learning that and knowing that, um, yeah. And we try like the one thing that my husband and I do once a month, we'll take out one of the daughters and one of the sons and we rotate who goes where, um, and this last month we really struggled with getting that done because of the busy schedule. And this last Sunday, we finally did our boys outing and it was just a precious time. And it reminded me, these are times are important to do with them because when you get them one-on-one, they open up to you in a way that they don't with their siblings around and you get to know them in a way that you can't with everybody else around you. And so, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think one of my favorite things to do, so we have a ton of kids and one of the favorite things I did all the time growing or when they were growing up was, um, I would just take one to the store, <laughs> just yes. one. Yeah. And we would grocery shop. And then of course they knew that I'm a, I am totally weak. I mean, in, in our family dynamics, everybody knows mom's the soft mark. Like she, <laughs> she's the one dad, no way he's not gonna, but mom, she'll probably buy you something at the store. She'll probably, she's easily convinced to keep to go hang out at wherever the ice cream place afterwards, she's the soft mark. But, um, but those, you know, those times of just moving even consistent one-on-one time into other things that you have to do mm-hmm. helped me because for our early, when our kids were really young, my husband's job required, he really wasn't around in the time that the kids were awake. So he wasn't his, he's, um, he's a physician and he was in training and, um, he just back then he just wasn't. And, and so it was just me. Mm. So figuring out where I could put those things, some days were hard, but I did learn, I was like, you know, everybody wanted to go grocery shopping with mom. (laughs) (laughs) probably because they always ended up with like a Lego toy at the end. Cause I was a soft yeah. mark, but uh, you know, it was also just really fun just to have those conversations and to hear what their little hearts are thinking and mm-hmm. what they feel and what they're experiencing. Yeah. And it's neat. Like, I love how you share that, you know, just take them grocery shopping. Cause even if we can't get a long half hour or hour with them, at least take a little snippets that you can Cause then you're making that a priority. Even if you can't get the big times in, it's at least yeah. doing something and something is always better than nothing. Yes. And I, and I think too, sometimes we, I know that I, let me put it this way. I know that I, over the years have felt like it needs to be this moment. Mm-hmm. It, it, and part of that is my personality because my personality likes moments. Like I like parties mm-hmm. and 
exciting events and, and learning instead that it is the consistent pursuit mm-hmm. of my child. That is what gives them the messaging. Hey, you are a value and of worth to me. I want to know you. I want to be with you. I have fun with you. Um, you know, for me has been a, an important lesson to learn yeah. because I wanted to make everything this. And so I wanted to plan. And, and so therefore, if I didn't have time to plan, then it didn't happen. And I would be eaten up by, oh, but instead when I began to go, wait a minute, we can make anything fun. We can mm-hmm. make anything kind of like a party. Yeah. That's probably why there's been a lot of ice cream eaten on grocery yeah. trips with me, but <laughs> it's been good. But I yeah. love that about what you say, um, that we have to understand that intention is important, that there's going to be resistance, but Mm -hmm. that, you know, I think that's been, that's been true for us too. I think I get the most resistance. I don't know about you, but I will get resistance. If I do something goofy, kind of like what you said about the bike ride, I will also get resistance initially, you know, and people ask me this a lot, but so we do, um, you know, devotion time or whatever in our home. Mm-hmm. And it's looked different in different seasons. Yeah. Um, for many years, we homeschooled it. Looked, we called it morning meeting and we did it every morning. Now we have some kids homeschooling. We have some kids who are in and out. They do a university model and we have some kids that are in school. So it looks mm-hmm. different now, but always when I, you know, people have asked me, Oh, well, I guess it's just so easy for you and your kids and that, you know, doing devotional time. And I'm always like, no, no, it's not. Is it easy for you? I don't know. Do no. y'all do a devotional? And is it like, we do, just, but it's, it's hard to get, make sure we do. And yeah. Yeah. And then my kids are sometimes like, oh, they're sitting there in it like, oh, but it's interesting to me because when we have it, even if they kind of sit around and look like they're totally not engaged. Mm-hmm it's always interesting what comes out later in different places. So, you know, I usually will tell moms, listen, I know that you feel like you're getting lots of resistance and it feels very discouraging, Mm -hmm. but keep going. Yes. I agree. So much more is happening that you can't see. When I think, especially with teenagers, I'm finding that with our older two, they resist, but secretly, I think inside, they really love those times together and they may not act like it in the moment, but I honestly know that it's building within them that confidence and knowing that they're part of something. So yeah, push through that resistance because it is, they secretly really want it. <laughs> they wouldn't tell you that though. Oh no. Oh no. No. Cause that would be like <laughs> yeah. a weakness probably. <laughs> oh. Well, tell me, so you have four. And Mm -hmm. how do you look at them each differently or looking at them uniquely when you're crafting moments for them or those kinds of things? A lot of it honestly has to do with their five love languages, like the five love languages that Gary Chapman has talked about. It's learning their love languages. Mm -hmm. And they say kids need to have all of them. But as they get older, you're able to see like the two dominant ones in each of them. Mm-hmm. And so each one of our kids is different. Um, a lot of them, actually all of them are quality time for sure, but their top one is different for each. And it, when we plan times for family, we try to kind of pull them all together if we can, like mm-hmm. um, the quality time, even just, you know, a game night together or something like that. 
is a quality time thing for everybody. But like Caleb, our youngest, he is our most cuddly one. His top love language is physical touch for sure. And so it's just making it a priority to hug him throughout the day. But then like when we do like play like football together or we go to the park together, like he loves that because it's physical. It's, you know, stuff that he really enjoys. You know, my two girls, they both love gifts. And so it's just being intentional to get them little things here and there. Um, and then my son, I know that the five love languages Gary have, you know, food isn't one of them, but I honestly <laughs> think that should be number six because my oldest son, Nathan, like anything involved food, he's there. Like he loves, and he, when I, you know, pick him up something when I'm out, I mean, that just pours into him mm-hmm. and yeah. So that's kind of how we think through, like, what is their, what speaks love to them the most and what can we do to speak into that too? Mm. I think that's so important. I think it's been interesting. Um, Yeah. God doesn't make repeats. And Mm -hmm. so as a parent beginning to learn that just because something works with one doesn't mean it will work with all just because one person loves or enjoys something doesn't mean everybody does. Mm -hmm. And especially I've learned with, because we have so many, you know, you kind of set a path with those first couple. And we, we had our first, um, four really quickly. And, um, the first two were like 18 months apart and it just was like, boom, 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 boom. Like yeah. there are these four kids on the scene mm-hmm. and they are radically different kids. They're mm-hmm. completely different. Yeah. And, uh, how I discipline them is different. How mm-hmm. I communicate with them is different. Um, I've had to learn to study even their pace. Mm. Um, I tend to be a really high pace individual. So um, I've I've shared this before, but I thrive on activity and doing and and seeing people and like I'm high pace and I'm high people, like high relation. Mm. So um, give me all the... I don't know, act like with the, when we had those first four, it was like, let's get up. We're going to go to the park. Then we're going to go to the store. Then we're going to run by Chick-fil-A because everybody's going to be there with all your friends and we're going to play. And then we're going to go over to so-and-so's house. And then we'll finally have a nap time. And then we'll get up and we'll go do this outside with the kids in the neighborhood. Won't this be fun? And I just thought that was great. And I was like stressing two of my kids out because they were not high pace Mm -hmm. at all. And they were not high relationship. They were much more high task. They were much Mm -hmm. more into, they were much more um, introverted, much more um, slow paced. And they wanted to do like be in doing like task, they're more task related mm-hmm. versus relationally related and beginning to understand that and really go, Oh, so it's not really about how I see the world. <laughs> it's really <laughs> understanding how we all see the world mm-hmm. and then so, creating yeah. the best environment for everybody, mm-hmm. which means that like I had one child who needed to know if we were going to have to stack activities. I needed to prepare her even the day before and say, so tomorrow, you know, when I was tucking her in bed, I would say, so tomorrow, 
this is what tomorrow is going to look like mm-hmm. because I knew what she would prefer wasn't going to happen, which is she would prefer to get up, have a slow breakfast, you know, a little cuddle on the couch, go to her room, do some play by herself. Like that's mm-hmm. what she liked. Pace. Yeah. That was her pace. That was what mm-hmm. she wanted. And like, we couldn't do that that next day. So preparing her ahead of time was important. Yeah. That is, that's so true. My two older kids, they're like that too. They need to know in advance. I actually have on our fridge, uh, like a calendar for the week mm-hmm. because they, they all like to know what's coming up. But one of my kids in particular really likes to know the next day. And it's just remembering to help them to be aware of what's going on and changes in plan. I have to like make, try to make oh, sure yeah. <laughs> because if, if things change, it's like, well, you told us this. And I'm like, I know, but things change. And this, is not, this is life. We have to get used to this kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, like our, our younger two, Caleb and Analia are just very, they want to be around people. They're very active. You know, they're definitely more extroverts where our older two are introverts and I'm an introvert too. So I have to push past my introvertness to do, you know, activities with the younger two because mm-hmm. they need that interaction with other people, you know, yeah. like I need to be in my quiet space, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah, I did. And, and and that was really, as a young mom, that was really informative for me to mm-hmm. begin to go, yeah. oh. you know, so I need to know what each child, who each child is, yeah, what makes them unique. And what may, how are they wired? Because I do think too, when you begin to understand how your kids are wired, you can see, I love what you say in your book. You say that the family is a mini church mm-hmm. and scripturally, we know that in a church, there's all the parts of the body. And so like for us in our family, what we've talked about a lot over the years, meaning me and my husband is that. Well, and even with our kids, some, but we've observed that, I mean, none of our kids are the same, but that would make sense. If your family is a mini church, Mm -hmm. then you don't need everybody to be a hand. Yeah. You don't need everybody to be the mouth or the eye or whatever. You Mm -hmm. need everybody working inside of their giftings, loving one another well, so that it functions well. And that oftentimes as moms, we get to be like the observers who go, let me see you for who God made you to be. Mm-hmm. And let me not put you in a box that I think you should be a certain way. Cause I, I know right. I'm guilty of that. It's, it's easy to do. Cause you're like, well, this is how I do it. So you should do it this way. And it's like, no, they're different. And we have yeah. to celebrate those differences and help them to see that it's okay that they're different. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, um, a powerful question I've, I've had to, I've learned to ask, um, was, you know, is, is literally that question of, well, tell me how you see this mm. before I, you know, cause I mean, I have a way that I see it, whatever it is, you know, whether it's something I'm asking them to do or something that's happened or there's friction or whatever, tell me how you see this, because that usually gives very good insight into who they are uniquely. It, it does. Yeah. That's a good question. Mm. So, so you have, um, when you work through these five areas in your book Mm -hmm. and what is the difference, I guess I can, I guess I do see now the difference between family and parenting. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Family is mainly like the time you spend together as a family and like your family unit where parenting is, you know, knowing your kids individually and parenting in that way. Yeah. yeah. And then I love the way that you say that marriage is a part of that. I mean, it's, it's the, how the family began and it, you know, so often families these days, they put the kids first and the marriage, I mean, under God, God's always number one, but the marriage relationship has to be first under that because when, when it is your kids, because that well, number one, that's God's design. But then number two, your kids are going to feel more secure when they know that you and your spouse are, you know, solid and secure. They're going to, they sense if things are going on and their confidence will be, you know, shook if they don't have that, like that solid marriage to look to. And so that's why it's so important to make it the priority relationship under God. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally. Yes. We, <laughs> we had, we had good um, counsel when we got married that someone said, you are now a family, just yeah. the two of you. Just family the is the two mm-hmm. kids are kids. A child does not make you a family right? and, and having to realize that and then working inside of that and then adding children into that. Um, yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good point. Well, I appreciate your time today. I cannot wait for my readers. Your book comes out November, November 1st. 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, um, we will have in the show notes, we'll have a link to your book so that they can access it and find it. Um, but I know that this will give a lot of good ideas and good insight to so many mamas. Yeah. That was my heart it, that, that it could be a, just a practical resource, something to come back to, you know, I share a lot of ideas and I just encourage the reader. You don't have to do it all. Just pick what works for you in your season And if you Mm -hmm. want to try a new idea, come back to it. But like the key is just, you know, pick one thing and then move from there and just continue. I love the way you said that in your book, you, um, I love the way that you delineate that out so that it doesn't feel like an overwhelming checklist of what we all need to now be doing. Mm -hmm. I also really appreciated in your book, you, at the end of each chapter, you have some scripture and some thoughtful questions and just even. Um, I think, did you, do you call it a gentle challenge? Yes. Gentle challenge. I thought that was such beautiful terminology. Like (laughs) it was just so great because, um, sometimes I, I feel like as a mom that there's so many people telling me all the things that I need to be doing Mm -hmm. and you kind of take that weight off in your book by just saying, just find one. Mm Mm-hmm gentle challenge, have a thought about this. So I thought that that was really a kind way of doing it, Anastasia. That was nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) Um, For everybody listening, uh, the book is called Becoming an Intentional Family, Creating Meaningful Memories and Building Confidence in Your Kids. And I am going to include it in our show notes here for you to be able to find. Anastasia, I appreciate you taking the time today to join us but also taking the time to really put this down in writing because I know so many families will be blessed by it. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, 
head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.